For the first time, believe it or not, in 2024, Prime Minister of the country, Christopher Luxon, on the show. Now, your media mind has tried to fob me off to four weekly, Mr Luxon. I had a bit of a whinge through the toys and I said, you can't do this. This is lip service to rural New Zealand and you were kind enough to change the schedule. You're now back on weekly. Thank you very much. When you sent me a text, mate, I think I responded within 20 minutes or 30 minutes and we had uh, the team, uh, we've got a great media team, they're just trying to juggle everything. So I'm on with you weekly now going forward, right? That's, that's the main thing. Well done for that, right. Where do, <laughs> where do we start? Grant Robertson's legacy, COVID messiah or shameless spendthrift? Well, look, I mean, the bottom line is uh, I've just disagreed very, very strongly with uh, how the economy's been managed over the last six years. I think either, either, all of us would look at it. I, I remember just comments I made in the first week of being leader. You've got to get on top of inflation. If you don't get on top of it early, it gets harder. And lo and behold, that's what's happened. Inflation's got out of control. Interest rates had to go through the roof. As a result, three of the last four quarters, the economy shrunk, and then we get a risk of rising unemployment. So we've got to deal with inflation. And frankly, I'm telling you, this Labor government doesn't deserve to ever get back into government in a generation because they ended up wasting a hell of a lot of money and they ended up not delivering anything. And um, the New Zealand people are over it and they want us to get things done, which is why we've been working you know, very, very hard over the last uh, 85 days or so um, on, on our 100-day plan and just getting some things done that people need to get sorted. So, you know, we've been working really hard just on the practical, common-sense things that we talked about last year through the campaign that everyday Kiwis have been telling me up and down the country that they want forward sorted and fixed. So, um, and it was good. I went down to Gore uh, for the field days, uh, which was great, and, and it was um, brilliant. The, the folk were in good heart. Um, yes, there's some real challenges on farm with inflation, some real challenges with interest rates, um, but I want them to know we're working hard to get rid of the regulations and the compliance and the costs that are getting in the way from farmers getting on farming. All right, let's talk about interest rates. I don't know what ANZ mm. or the economists there are smoking. I heard one of them saying this morning the OCR could go as high as 8.25%. They're still standing firm with two more rises to 6%. Other economists and banks are disagreeing. But this a part of this is off the employment numbers or lower than mm-hmm. expected unemployment numbers. But then we find out about the job seekers benefit there's a hell of a lot of people who are effectively oh, unemployed in this country yeah tell me about it it's, uh, that's insane i mean that's a, a horrible legacy of the labor government that you just put seventy thousand more people on job seeker unemployment benefit at a time of you know we think the last few years we've had massive you know low unemployment and massive worker shortages everywhere so that's why you saw us come out this week and say hang on um if you're on a job seeker benefit that means that you have been deemed to be able to be working uh, either now or within the next two years and so you've only got one job when you're on a job seeker unemployment benefit and that is to actually find a job. And if you're not doing your work and you're not holding your end of the deal up, I'm sorry, we live in a country of rights and responsibilities. You get the right of getting some support when you need it. We'll always offer that. But you also have the responsibility, given your fellow taxpayers paying for your benefit, uh, to actually do what we ask you to do, which is to show up for a job interview, get yourself trained, get yourself the skills you need to get into work properly and stick out a new job. So um, that's why we've introduced uh, and said we want to make sure the sanctions are really clear because we have to build back this notion of rights and responsibilities. You can't have 70,000 more people on unemployment. Here's the tragic thing about it, Jamie. Look, I don't want any of your listeners have understood it, but, the, but you know, 70,000 more people on job seeker unemployment benefits. They're deemed to work. This is not sole parent. This is not what's called supported living with people with, say, you know, major disabilities. What this is about is people that should be work can work. But lo and behold, the people that are on job seeker benefit now are on a main benefit on average or on welfare on average for 13 years. 
And if you're one of the 2,000 young people that's getting a youth payment, uh, the research now says it's doubled and they're on average on welfare for 24 years. So if you're not, you know, we've got 55% of our kids not in school, you, you drop out of school, you then fall into welfare. We're writing off a generation and we're just not prepared to do that. So that's why I say it's a bit of tough love, but the bottom line is we want to get young people into a better life and that means they've got to go to work, not sit on welfare, because that's not a pathway to prosperity. So, I mean, it's a good example of just common sense stuff, right, that we've talked about the last couple of years and we're moving at great pace to try and get implemented and get the change and get the ship turned around. In your State of the Nation speech, you talked about our economy and you used the word fragile. How mm-hmm. fragile is it? Have you got your own fiscal hole now? We talked about Grant's fiscal hole, but what about yours? Well, I mean, we're inheriting a, a situation economically where we've got crazy things that have happened, right? We've got a, a ferry project that went from $750 million to $3.2 billion with no sight of it going any further, you know, with, with, with the risk that it goes even further. We've got a government, a previous government, a Labor government, that you know didn't fully fund the Pharmac drug program for the next for the full four years. Um, so you know we've got a, a transport set of programs that was promised by the previous government, and uh, the advice we've received now is that there's a two hundred billion dollar shortfall. So let's be clear: there's been a hang of a lot of you know financial uh, and fiscal challenges where programs haven't been funded. Projects have been overrun, uh, and/or there's been time-limited funding put in place, which runs out. And so, you know, school lunches is another classic case. So we, we've, you know, we've had to go through all of that, Nicola Willis and myself, and get a really clear understanding of where we sit. Uh, and now we're preparing for the budget, which is actually making sure that we start to get the country moving in the right direction. So, yep, um, we've got, you know, challenges everywhere, frankly, as and that's what we've been working so hard to deal with and get a sense of what the reality is. But I'm telling you, on transport and infrastructure, um, you've already seen us move on things like. Um, uh, the, the, the speed limits, but you're also seeing Simi and Brown move very quickly to get the priorities straight so we're not spending time putting in $500,000 speed bumps uh, everywhere uh, in cycleways. We actually want that money back and fixing up our roading network. And so we do have some challenges around infrastructure, but I think there's different ways in which you may fund some of that infrastructure, as we talked about last year, which is there are 13 roads of national significance. There's four big public transport projects we need to focus on, uh, and those projects need to get completed and done well. But in some of those cases, you can use different ways of funding them, and it may not be always through the government money. You might, you know, we've seen toll roads north of Auckland work incredibly well, but it means the road gets built, it gets done faster than it would have done. Uh, it accesses new land, opens up new housing, creates opportunity, creates growth, and, and for that region, and away you go. So um, there's lots of clever ways to do it that other countries around the world do it that we don't think of doing. Well, you're knocking on an open door with me. Toll roads, if you ask me, are a no-brainer. Also, building dams are a no-brainer. You're knocking on Big an time. open door there as well. Pleased to hear you yeah. say that. Yeah, well, I went up north, actually, and saw two of the three big dams that are being uh, put up in North London. Man, it makes a big difference water to communities, eh, in terms of what can grow. And so uh, you you would have heard Grant McCullum, I'm sure, talk to you about it many, many times, but it was awesome to see the water storage projects that are taking shape up there. Um, we've we've knocked off the RMA, as you probably were aware. We killed that um, RMA 2.0 before Christmas. Uh, Chris Bishop and Shane Jones are working really hard. Uh, we're pushing them in the 100-day plan by March the 8th to get out what we call fast track consenting, where we actually say, look, we've got major projects regionally and, and nationally that actually need to get delivered. Uh, we want to fast-track them through the process uh, because, frankly, they need to happen for the country to go forward. And uh, there have been some great examples of that, um, say Highway 25 Bridge um, and Coromandel got done under budget ahead of time, um, but we didn't put them through the whole torturous process of our RMA consenting process. So, yeah, we've got to get that stuff working so we can get roads built, we can get um, you know projects up and running in a way. 
just to quickly finish on, we got a text earlier in the week saying, uh, why not get the people on the job seekers benefit to build a dam? And then you've got utopia. Maybe food for thought for you, Prime Minister. Look, thanks for fronting up on, on the Country Weekly, just as Helen Clark, John Key and Bill English did. Really appreciate it. <laughs> you know, I enjoy the interviews and this chat with you. You're always challenging and provoking, but we have a good chat and people get a good understanding of what we're trying to achieve, which is the opportunity I appreciate because um, sometimes you don't get that. So I appreciate it.